Good morning and welcome to Tuesday morning, March the 16th in 2021 on When I Rise. We're currently in year B and this is the fifth Sunday in Lent. And on Tuesdays of the week, we like to take a look at the psalm from the Revised Common Lectionary for this week of passages. And so uh, we're going to be in Psalm 51, verses 1 through 12. This is a famous psalm. I am guaranteeing that most of you, all of you, have heard this before. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme. Thanks for making this party of morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Psalm 51, verses 1 through 12. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your loyal love. Because of your great compassion, wipe away all my rebellious acts. Wash away my wrongdoing. Cleanse me from my sin. For I am aware of my rebellious acts. I am forever conscious of my sin. Against you, you above all, have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. So you are just when you confront me. You are right when you condemn me. Look, I was guilty of sin from birth, a sinner from the moment my mother conceived me. Look, you desire integrity in the inner man. You want me to possess wisdom. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be pure. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. Grant me the ultimate joy of being forgiven. May the bones you crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins. Wipe away all my guilt. Create for me a pure heart, O God. Renew a resolute spirit within me. Do not reject me. Do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. Let me again experience the joy of your deliverance. Sustain me by giving me the desire to obey. This is the word of God for us. There simply is no way around it. Anything that is meaningful to us will take from us. It will gouge us. It will cause us to make um, what seems like illogical uh, decisions in order to embrace the thing that we enjoy the most. Uh, Ginger and I were just watching a TV show where there's a character and she seems rather superficial. Uh, she's had, you know, many different boyfriends throughout her young dating life, and she's dating this one guy. And she let it, the relationship get away from her, and they broke up. And it was the first time that it dawned upon her that she had something good, and it was let go. And it's like it was funny. She was talking to her brother about it, and she's like, "I think I need a hug." <laughs> and she's like, "Never." It was like just dawned upon her. She never had that type of sorrow before in her life. And uh, that is just simply one of the realities of, of life, right? When we know that we have had something and we have somehow taken our hand off the wheel and managing it or taking our hand off the wheel and enjoying it, and when it's taken from us, we know that there's this huge hole within us and we know that we have missed out on something that is vital and important. That's, that's what's going on in Psalm 51. Uh, traditionally, Psalm 51, we claim, is written by David after it has become laid bare that he has committed grave offense against God. He has taken Bathsheba as his wife, even though she's already married. And in order to try to cover it over as the king, he used his powers to his advantage and made her husband Uriah the Hittite to go to the front line of the fiercest part of the battle so that he dies. And so now it's all covered over, but it's not all covered over. The scripture tells us that Nathan the prophet is told by God to go confront David about it. And he's confronted and when it's all laid bare before him, David is undone. And the child that uh, he and Bathsheba were going to have ends up passing away. And he spends seven days 
and lowly fasting, you know, refusing food, sitting before the Lord, asking God to save the child's life, and God decides not to. And so David pins this this psalm uh, as a way of uh, sorrow and a contrition of his heart. Um, He acknowledges God's compassionate side. Uh, David acknowledges his rebellious ways. He says he has rebellious acts. He's done wrongdoing and his sin. He says rebellious acts again and sin again, and I've sinned against you. And so David's not trying to justify. He's not trying to kaleidoscope. It's something that psychologists say that whenever uh, we've got something that doesn't bounce our way and we try to twist things, we try to twist the rationale or we try to blame it on external circumstances, Instead of feeling the shame or the sorrow of loss, it's called kaleidoscoping, right? We want to see what we want to see. And so David's not doing that. He sees it clearly. He knows that, he knows that God sees it clearly. And uh, David wants to bring himself low. He says, Surely I was guilty from birth, a sinner from the moment my mother conceived me. Nothing like a, some hyperbole, uh, because you can do that when you're writing a song. Um but he says, you desire integrity in the inner man. You want me to possess wisdom deep within my being. And he says, God, David says, you know, God, you can do this. You can cleanse me and I can be as white as snow and I can start all over again. And the sorrow that I'm feeling, it could lead to something. It could actually be a forward momentum. I remember a preacher saying it this way, like a bow and arrow. When something is pu- like a bow and arrow is pulled back, that, that force of being pulled back, it is going in the wrong direction but put in the right hands, could actually use that force to propel it forward in the other direction. And it's the same way in the economy of God. We have setbacks. We do you know, show some honesty about uh, the things that we've done. And we think, okay, this is over. Like I'm smashed to pieces. It's no need to continue to go forward. And God can somehow take even the backward movement of our life and he can allow us to move forward, right? So that's what we experience in Lent. We experience lowliness because God is doing something under the surface. We talked about it yesterday in Jeremiah 31. God is doing something in our hearts. He's writing a law in our hearts so that we can be purely his. And so let's spend some time praying this morning, asking God to make us purely his, even if it means giving up the charade or charade, whatever you pronounce that right, drop the self-justification and come before God honestly and say, God, you know that this is the issue of my life. Help me, cleanse me, and allow me to experience the joy of my first salvation, as David says in this passage, so that I can move forward. So along that note, let's spend some time praying this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I thank you today that those of us who are poor have been made rich because of the grace that we received in Jesus Christ. And a piece of that generosity is that you forgive us of our sins. God, you are holy and we are not. And so you can remove us far from you, but you decide that you want to draw us close to you. So in order to do so, you remove our sins far from us and far from you so that we could be at one with you. God, we confess that during the season of Lent, uh, we have hidden behind self-justification. We've blamed others. We've blamed culture. We've blamed other circumstances and we need to just own up to the things in our life. And so we thank you that you're the God who sees all things clearly, that you judge impartially, and you still love us. We thank you that the truth of scripture says that you sent your son into the world to 
redeem the world and not to condemn it. And we thank you that we can have freedom in Christ because of your great power and because you have chosen Christ. Those of us who are in Christ, you have now chosen us. So from that identity, God, we deal with the flaws and the fractures that we have in our being. And we thank you that you're doing something deep within us. You haven't forsaken us. You'll never forsake us. You'll hold us into your hands. You'll keep us in your care. And so God, may that identity allow us uh, to be free to deal with the brokenness in our lives. And as we see it healed and mended, uh, may it give us confidence to approach you and to approach others and to live into this life uh, in all of its fullness because we know that we've been forgiven and we are free. So God, allow us to enjoy that freedom. Uh, to boast not in our own, but to boast in the freedom of Christ. And I pray that it would cause us to live and to rest in the goodness of God. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.